0: Welcome on draftedfreeagent.com. I'm Chris McKee. This is episode seven of the Mid Major Podcast. Thanks for joining us here on a frigid Tuesday afternoon in the suburbs of Toronto. Got a number of issues I want to run through today. Uh, First and foremost, the new AP Top 25 poll released yesterday. And we're now down to just two mid-major teams still remaining in the AP Top 25. So Gonzaga remains at number one at 3-0 despite being on pause for the past week or so. And San Diego State now up to number 18 in the AP Top 25 poll. They're 5-0 and looking really good. However, unfortunately, Richmond lost to West Virginia this week and they were the third mid-major program inside the AP Top 25 and they've now slid out. However, Duke remains ranked at 2-2 two two, with two home losses and two wins against Coppin State and Bellarmine, who is one of the four new Division I programs we spoke about in the pod last week or the week before. And so that's Duke's resume. First of all, I could I could name you oof, geez, at least 85 decent mid-major programs who have a better resume right now than Duke's wins against Coppin State and Bellarmine and two losses to high-major teams in Illinois and Michigan State. That sounds like a mid-major resume to me. But alas, Duke still gets the 21st ranking. So I'm going to run through. It's not necessarily a poll because I don't want to get into polls. I don't want to get into rankings every week yet. We'll see how... Life progresses uh, heading into 2021. But for now, um, I wrote an article yesterday on the top 15 mid-major programs I've seen so far in 2021. These are the best 15 teams I've seen. And I watch an obscene amount of college basketball have so far this year. And you can tell checking out some of these other polls and that. and I don't want to name names. But um, I took a look at one of the other mid-major polls and some of the teams they have ranked. It's like, do you watch that team? Did you actually watch them? Or are you just going on kind of, yeah, they've been a half-decent mid-major team over the past decade, so we'll just lob them on the mid-major top 25. And that's kind of some of the stuff I've seen. So these are teams I've actually watched. I like them. We're going to run them down. We're also going to talk a little Northeastern Huskies basketball. Prior to the start of the season, I interviewed their head coach, Bill Cohen. We had a really good conversation. and. It's always great to get him on the phone for 15 minutes and and pick his brain. So we're going to talk a little bit of Northeastern hoops. I'm going to play a few interview clips. And we're going to go through some of the key games as we do every week. Some of the stories or score lines that jumped out, win or loss from the mid-major programs. And one of the things, the news that I'm hearing reported that as of Wednesday, all transfers are going to be eligible. So no sitting out this year. Anyone who's waiting for a waiver or whatever, or who who transferred. So for example, my guy Addison Patterson, Canadian kid who I I called some of his high school games, I know him a little bit, and he transferred from Oregon to Nevada, and he's sitting there waiting. So I don't know if he was applying for a waiver or what, or if he was just going to bite the bullet and sit the year, but looks like he may be eligible this week. And so, you know, there's always that question. Is this good for the mid-majors? Is this good, is it better for the high majors when transfers become immediately eligible? And I think it's good for everyone. Guys are moving up and down the food chain, you know, in and out of teams, whether you're a a low mid-major, a mid-mid-major, a high major, whatever program, there's always going to be movement. And I think it benefits everyone. If the situation doesn't work for you, well, then move on. Now, one of the beauties of college basketball is, especially Division I, we're talking, what, 325, 330 teams. So there's a lot of room for guys to move kind of wherever there's everyone's going to be able to eat whether you're John Calipari at Kentucky or Coach K at Duke or Jim Boeheim, you know, or if you're Kyle Keller at Stephen F. Austin and Richie Riley at South Alabama, you know, or Matt McMahon at Murray State, whoever, it's going to benefit all of them. So I love the being able to transfer. Now, there's always going to be one or two kids that take advantage of it and transfer way too damn much. Um, We see it already. But um, for the most part, if this happens, this, this is one of the reports I'm hearing that as of Wednesday, all transfers immediately eligible. So we'll see how that goes. So I watched a ton of games over the weekend. One of the first games I will get to is, I, it's not even mid-major, I forget who they were, they were playing in mid-major. It was like Oregon, I, I can't remember, it might have been Sacramento State, somebody. But the the broadcasters for Oregon were both wearing masks, calling the game, and the guy doing the play-by-play was decent. You could hear him clear, but the guy doing the color analyst, it was like Oregon Ducks. It, it, and I get you know wearing the mask if you're down on the floor with the players, but these guys were up in a booth, probably a good hundred feet away from any player, and they've still got this. I, I couldn't listen. I tried. It was late night too, and I don't think there was any other game on. Just got home from work, and my job doing traffic reporting, and uh, tried to put on the game at about eleven o'clock at night, and, and I, I, oh, I was like, "Ugh, oh, dri- drive me nuts!" But anyways, I've had it with the masking. Even with college football all season, you're like, "Hey, well, let's go down to the attractive reporter on the sideline." Oh, Notre Dame, Ohio State. Like, well, thanks for the insight. You know, it's like, look, if you're on a football sideline, trust me, I coached football, for, I played football for years, I coached for over 10 years, you can find six feet on a sideline to be by yourself, to do your hit, you know, so we don't have to hear, (laughs) so, yeah, I'm a little masked out, as you can tell as we head towards the end of 2020, but some of the games I watched this weekend, I watched a bit of the... North Carolina Central versus the North Carolina Tar Heels. First of all, the Tar Heels look a lot better than they have last year. But Central's a good team. They gave the Tar Heels a pretty good run. I think they had the lead up until about two or three seconds left in the first half. And then Carolina you know, Tar Heels turned it on in the second half. But NC Central, that's a team under Lavelle Moton, coach at the forefront. A lot of the uh, social activism you saw throughout the uh, the offseason in college basketball. And NC Central, that's a good team. Obviously, Tar Heels pulled away and won. But um, that's a team to watch out for. Now, you know, think of North Carolina. I mean, North Carolina is one of the reasons I watch college basketball going about. People think, oh, Michael Jordan, right? No, Rick Fox. You know, I'm a Canadian guy. So Rick, one of the first Canadians to play, you know, high major ball. You know, there was always guys from Canada, aside from the I guy here and there, that played for Niagara or Canisius or St. Bonaventure. Those teams right over the border. But, you know, Rick playing for the tar heels was a big deal and me being a kid 12 13 14 seeing him on television in the late 80s and early 90s it helped develop my love of college basketball because tsn the you know that's our espn they used to show rick fox highlights all the time so there was a significant period where i was a tar heels fan because of not not because not because of michael jordan because of rick fox and so i always still have a secret place in my heart for the tar heels and I read. Oh, Speaking of Jordan, I did read that book, The Life. It's a very big book. I know, gasp, reading, reading. A a lot of people, what do you mean read? That's why you're sitting listening to me because you don't want to read. You probably listen to audiobooks as well, which I have in the past. I'm only joking. But um, yeah, if you want to read the Jordan book, The Life. That's why a lot of that Last Dance documentary, I kind of wasn't that into. I mean, I eventually got around to watching it, but all the hype, Oh my God, did you know this? Did you know that Roy Williams recruited Michael Jordan? Yes, I read the book. I read the book, The Life. So everything that's in that book, The Life, is exactly what was in The Last Dance documentary. Aside from one or two things that the security guy with the great hair from Chicago. That, that guy had a great story. Um, but that was one of the things in The Last Dance that I did learn that uh, I, I didn't know from the book. But yeah, surprised what you'll, you'll learn when you actually read. So a couple of the games I watched this weekend. So I watched the entire Georgia Southern Mercer game. Yes, this is what I do with my life. I watch mid-major basketball. I was doing this while I was doing my traffic reporting on the weekend. But I did watch the entire Georgia Southern Mercer game. Uh, epic, epic game. It came right down to 0.3 seconds left. And I literally saw it. I'm like, Mercer had an inbound underneath the basket with 0.3 seconds left. The game was signed at 75. And I thought to myself, well, i will to do a quick washroom break, run downstairs, because I was at my work studio, and I'll come right back up in time for the start of overtime. And when I came back up, you know, the credits were running and everyone walking off the floor. And I, I didn't even realize Mercer won on that .3 seconds left. So Mercer, now 6-0, and I believe. And they're on my top 15 mid-major programs under Greg Gary, doing a great thing. So that was a great game to watch, a lot of fun. But one of the things I did learn in that Georgia Southern, they've got this guard... Zach Bryant, I wrote an article about him that I posted yesterday on undraftedfreeagent.com, you know, under the radar player watch. So this kid at Georgia Southern is unbelievable. He's electric. He had this one dunk. He just posterized one of the Mercer kids early in the first half. He's like, whoa, like, who is this? He's just jumped out of you uh, electric. He's only about 6'2", but he's fast. He can shoot. He ended up with 24 in the game. In a losing effort to Mercer, but uh, transfer from UAB led UAB in scoring last year with just under 15 points a game. Was a third team All Sun Belt, and in his freshman year at UAB uh, on the All Freshman team in in uh, or what are they? No, they Conference USA. Excuse me. Uh, UABs and conference USA's all conference but gets dismissed from the team for I I, I, try, I did a, I, I tried reading I tried finding it what for all I got was conduct detrimental to the team and that's the only thing I found about it uh, about his dismissal but you know when you're kicking the leading scorer of your team off the squad it's got to be for, usually for a damn good reason but alas I don't know what it is but either way you know Zach an opportunity to find redemption at Georgia Southern. And this is one kid you got to watch if you can. Uh, take a few minutes and, and and try to track this kid down. He's electric. He's from the same high school in Florida. I guess it's called Providence School, and it's the same school that Grayson Allen went to, the Duke legend, and now D- Grayson's with the Memphis Grizzlies in the NBA. And this kid, Zach Ryan, broke Grayson Allen's scoring record in his junior year at this Providence School. So you know he can he can fill up the basket, and uh, he's quick. He's he's electric. I think. You know, if he, you know, keeps his keeps everything clean and finishes out the season, he, he might get a shot in the NBA. Look, he's not get, you're not getting drafted from Georgia Southern when you're a six two guard, but could he find his way onto a lineup via camp and G League? I think so. So watch out for Zach Bryan. Another game I watched on the weekend. Compl- I watched the entire game. Arizona State versus Grand Canyon. Uh, these schools just a few miles apart, and it was a great game. Seventy one seventy Arizona State. Ended up pulling it out over Grand Canyon, but it it leads me to think about Grand Canyon. You no, know, you know they just fired Dan Marley, who's the former Phoenix Sun legend, who was their head coach. He took Grand Canyon from D two in 2013, I believe, is when they made the tr- transition from a D two school to D one, and coached them up until this past year. And had a pretty good record, a couple 21 seasons, uh, four 21 seasons in a row, but only last year went 13 and 17, and that got Marley. Booted, and they've brought in Bryce Drew, who's now the head coach, the former Vanderbilt head coach, and of course head coach at Valparaiso, and so they're they're trying to right the ship. And I, you know, one of the things I talked to Dan a couple years ago, and that was great for me because guys, Dan Martin's a legend. I used to play him in NBA Jam in the video game, and saw him in the, He's he's in a music video with Celine Dion. You got to look this up. It's like horribly amazing early 90s I forget the name of the Celine Dion soon if you just Google Celine Dion Dan Marley song it'll come up but he's in a video with Celine Dion which is amazing love Celine Dion so never a bad word said about her but um, you gotta check uh, check out that video but you know Grand Canyon was supposed to by now with the money they've pumped into the program become what Gonzaga is you know, that that was the goal. They've who is it? Calangelo, uh, it's Calangelo's dad, not the one that had the burner Twitter is his father is was the president of the school, whatever. He's the one that hired Dan Marley and they've got a lot of money. And I know just a couple of years ago, um, they put even an extra five, six, seven thousand seats in their arena. And it's a great atmosphere to go watch a game there at Grand Canyon. And, uh, it's, you know, the money's there, the uniforms there, the marketing's there, the coach with a name with you know, they had it with Dan Marley. Now they got another one with Bryce Drew. That's, that's an excellent coach, but not getting the players they should just yet. But, um, that's one of those teams, you know, Hey, watch out for, uh, Grand Canyon. At some point, this thing's supposed to come together and they're supposed to be the next power mid-major program. Also on the weekend, Watched Winthrop versus uh, University of South Carolina Upstate winless going into that game, and they did lose to Winthrop. But, you know, Winthrop's one of these teams I see ranked on other mid-major polls, and they're not very good. I I watched every minute of, of that game, and there's nothing about them that's exciting, nothing about them that says elite Nothing about them that says they're going to make any kind of run of the tournament. So I don't get it. But, you know, in uh, building some confidence for USC Upstate, um, they're they're not bad. I I watched them. They got some paces. They got a couple guys. And I think that eventually uh, they're going to get that win. I watched a little bit of the West Virginia-Richmond game. Richmond obviously lost 87-71 on Sunday. Touched on, saw a little bit of the Western Kentucky, 68-65, went over Rhode Island. But I also watched, well, the entire second half of the Northeastern versus UMass game. Northeastern is a college in Boston. It's a private university. I mean, you got to have a pretty good grade average to get there, led by Bill Cohn, and we're going to play some. Clips from my interview with him shortly, but I want to talk about UMass first. Now, UMass, you know, I'm talking about, I'm an older guy. I love love my 80s, 90s college basketball, and UMass is the house that John Calipari built. You know, that was where Calipari, to me, first became recognized, taking UMass, Marcus Camby, and, uh, you know, later on, Lou Rowe, and these guys, all, you know, deep runs in the NCAA tournament. And UMass was mid major powerhouse, exactly what Grand Canyon's trying to be. And then they've fallen off, and now they're in mediocrity. So, one of the things I watched that game, and Matt McCall is UMass's head coach. He's going into his fourth season. They have eight kids. This is UMass from the same high school program, and to me, that is bush league recruiting. Okay, uh, you know, I I talked about it before. I do the play by play for the number one high school program in Canada, Orangeville Prep. Numerous NBA guys, dozens of you know, high major NCAA kids. And th- there's no school that comes in and says, you know what, we're going to take eight of those kids. They, they, you know, one guy goes to Oklahoma State, another guy goes to Northeastern. About two of them went to Northeastern, actually. Um, you know, other guys going to Southern Illinois, Youngstown State. They're all over the place, right? Purdue, Fort Wayne. They're 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 all over the place for eight to go to the same school. Like it's just lazy recruiting. In in 2020, 2021, this is how you're getting your guys. Like, How can you look yourself in the mirror and say, you know what? I did everything I could. I combed the face of this earth to find that hidden gem that could be something for this program here at UMass. You you can't. You just walked into one gym and go, I'll take those eight guys. And I don't even know much about the school where where they're getting these kids from. What's it called? Woodstock Academy in Connecticut. I know it's not IMG Academy. I know it's not Montverde. I know it's not Orangeville Prep. And so for go, just oh man, get out there, get on the road. Trust me, it's fun. I like staying in hotels, going out and watch basketball games and stuff like that. Instead of just walking into one gym, picking eight kids, get on the phone, you know, get on YouTube. There's a lot of kids out there. There's a lot of hidden gems from all across the United States, all across Canada, Europe, Australia. There's players. Not all eight from the same damn school, but anyways, I saw that, and that that annoyed the heck out of me, because I want to see UMass great again, but they're not going to be great again when you're pulling eight kids from the same damn school. Anyways, I do want to talk Northeastern basketball, and Bill Cohen had the chance to interview Bill prior to the start of the season. He's in his 15th season in charge of the Huskies, and coming into this year, he was just 10 wins shy of surpassing the great Jim Calhoun. For most wins all time as the head coach of uh, Northeastern University. Of course, Calhoun went on to worldwide fame as the head coach of the Yukon Huskies, a couple national championships, and a legend. And a, I didn't, you know, guys, a legend of two schools also, uh, you know, still leading in wins at Northeastern, but by the looks of things, Bill Collins should surpass that this year. Uh, lost a little bit to graduation. Uh lost Jordan Rowland, who was first team all uh, CAA that the conference in scoring with 21.9 points per game, as well as Brace Bolden, who leaves number 23 all time in points scored at Northeastern. They got some, some new blood coming in three of the kids who I'm very familiar with. So mentioned Orangeville prep. There's a young, young man named Coleman Stuka who's from Orangeville prep, a Can- uh, kid from Oakville, Ontario. He's one of three new Canadians going to Northeastern. Coleman, uh, Six seven six eight guy can play right now three positions at college. He can play the two three and four. And I think uh, give him another year or two, he could probably play a little bit of point guard. I saw him play some point guard in high school, but you know at the college level, I think he's got to get to be a little bit of a better ball handler. But a world class shooter. I think this guy's got possible pro potential if he sticks around for three four years at Northeastern. You know, builds his craft. He can shoot from anywhere in the gym. He's got the size. And um, crafty, smart, uh, you know, deceptively quick, long, everything—he's got it, and he's definitely going to play professional for sure. And I think has a legit shot of playing in the NBA. So Coleman Stuka, freshman with Northeastern, to watch out for. Also Alex Nawaga, another kid from the same team. Um, they also played at a school called Kings Christian Academy in Oakville prior to that together. But Alex, Alex goes about six seven as well. Very athletic forward. He's a, a three or a four. Um, can jump out the gym, uh, plays exceptional defense. He's, he's a defense first kind of guy. And this is a guy that, you know, over the course of his career could be an all CAA player. High motor, very smart kid. So watch out for him. And then number three is Jameel Telford, who I called one or two of his games in high school. But then last year, he or last couple of years, he went to a prep school in New Hampton or New Hampshire or somewhere. And he's from Boucherville, Quebec. But uh, at a pretty good prep school, and he's from the same program called Brookwood Elite that Lugans Dort's out of, Kem Birch in Orlando, Tyree Samuel, who's now with Seton Hall. A lot of great players come out of that program. So those are the three Canadians currently with Northeastern this year, looking to make a turnaround. And I asked Bill Cohen a little bit about these three young men, and uh, he told me just where he found them as far as on the recruiting trail and what he likes about each of the three of them. So here's Bill Cohen head coach northeastern huskies
1: yeah i think for us uh you know being in close proximity to both toronto and montreal um you know throughout the years we've even taken a couple of foreign tours up through canada uh the last three times i believe we've we've gone up that way and competed against some of the great canadian programs and um you know, I think it's it's an area. You know, it's, it's without question one of the fastest growing talent beds in the world. Uh, the level of coaching up there is getting better every day, and the the prospects are benefiting from that. Um, but I think you know Coleman was the first. Um, you know, we we started recruiting him um, a while back and watched him throughout his high school days at Kings and, and again at Orangeville Prep and um, and throughout the summer with Canada Elite and, um, you know, he's just, you know, all those criteria that we talked about, you know, he checks all those boxes and he's just an outstanding young man. He's got a really bright future. And, when uh, we went up to visit, uh, with him and watch him work out, um, with coach McIntyre's group, uh, you, you know, they do an outstanding job at Orangeville. You know, it's a, it's really a top notch program. They get believable coaching and preparation for the next level Um, And we saw Alex there really were recruiting at the position to start with. But as you mentioned, we had some transfers and we had some opportunity and uh, he reopened his commitment from James Madison. And obviously we had a familiarity with him. He's another outstanding student and a great student athlete with a really high ceiling. So, you know, we thought that was a, you know, an opportunity for us. And, uh, gratefully, he was, he was accepting of that idea. And then Jamil, we, you know, we were recruiting right along, uh, since last summer when he played with Brookwood Elite, um, saw him on the AU trail. He, he did come down to the states and compete in, uh, one of the best prep school conferences in the country and really battle tested. And, you know, we basically led his team to a, to a championship over, you know Booster Academy, who year in year out, you know has one of the best rosters in in, in the country, and um, you know for him to perform at that level and to get uh, introduced to uh, you know the academics down here in the states and being away from home, um, we just feel like he's another guy with a really high ceiling. He's got a great work ethic and. Uh, know a ton of talent so we're excited about all three of those guys and you know i I think um you you know i have a great staff they do an unbelievable job but um chris markwood is uh, you know was born and raised in in, in maine and has a lot of canadian experience and and is well respected up there and he does a lot of our canadian recruiting he's he's an outstanding guy he's got a great eye for talent you know we were able to get those three three young men to come to northeastern
0: so there's Bill Cohen, head coach, Northeastern Huskies, talking about the three Canadians he's got down there this year and mentioned at the top he's just 10 wins away from surpassing the great Jim Calhoun for most wins all time as a head coach at Northeastern. Asked him what that milestone would mean, achieving that this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I, I, I think what it's going to mean is that I've been here a long time and I've been very, <laughs> very fortunate uh, to, to get some, some really good players. Um, you know, Coach Calhoun, what Coach Calhoun did here was really remarkable. Uh, Northeastern has changed certainly since his days here. When you look at, you know, his ability to get the, you know, players like Reggie Lewis, who are just, you know, uh, generational guys, um, you know, uh, NBA All Stars and um, multiple guys, and, and the camaraderie between uh, the players that played for him during that era was really a remarkable time. He's a Hall of Fame coach, and just to be even mentioned in the same. Sentences him is, is is very humbling and, and honoring.
0: And then also, chatted as I do with every head coach interview, talk about what their goals are for this year. And I know Bill's still very optimistic about his chances heading into 2021. And this is what he told me:
1: uh, They never change, and that's to uh, to win a CAA regular season title and to win a CAA championship. So, regardless of the makeup of our roster, um, those standards are the change are the same. We've been very fortunate five of the last eight years we've played in the CAA Championship game. Um, You know, we've gone to the NCAA tournament, you know, won regular season titles. And I think that's, you know, the standard that we we set for ourselves each and every year. It's going to be a challenge this year. Um, Like I said, our roster will be very young. We won't have a senior on our roster. Um, But I like the talented group of freshmen. And, you know, we've been talking on Zoom calls and everything else. And I think the key for us is, um, for our freshmen not to play like freshmen, and for our underclassmen to play like seniors. And if we can kind of speed up that maturity curve, um, you know, uh, we're going to take a run at our, uh, at our goals and standards.
0: So there's a little bit of my conversation with Northeastern Huskies head coach Bill Cohen. They've got next up this week game against uh, Syracuse. And then I think they have Old Dominion, which is a winnable game. Then they got Georgia. So two of their next three games going to be a tough stretch. But once they get into the conference play, I think they have a good shot to go on a pretty good run. And uh, you may see them in the conversation come March, especially with that young team, getting better as the season progresses. So watch out for the Northeastern Huskies. So mentioned at the top, undraftedfreeagent.com. Check my website out, of course. Check me out on Twitter, at Mr. McKee, M-R-M-C-K-E-E. And give us a follow on the undraftedfreeagent.com socials, of course. Click subscribe on all the podcasts, trying to build up those numbers. Thank you to those who have been listening. It is growing. It's great. You're not the only one out there listening. People are. We're we're getting into the hundreds of downloads and stuff right now, which is great. And we'll be in the thousands soon. So wrote an article yesterday on the website about the top 15 mid-major programs, that I've seen so far, and I watch a ton of hoops. And so, number one, obviously, Gonzaga goes without saying 3 0. They are the best team in the country, and I believe that. I don't just watch mid-major hoops, watch a good chunk of the Michigan-Penn State game on the weekend as well. And mentioned North Carolina earlier. Uh, you know, Gonzaga is the best team in the country. They have three NBA players for sure, possibly four, and Jalen Suggs, Andrew Nemhart, we've talked about extensively, as well as Kispert. And Timmy, both those guys going to get a look uh, at the next level as well. San Diego State, 5-0, and they are damn good. Got a little bit of a look at them. Ranked number 18 in the AP poll. They have wins over Arizona State and UCLA, who are both ranked teams. Led by senior guard Jordan or Skakel, leads the team with 15.2 points per game. Western Kentucky I have at number three. Now, to me... Only Gonzaga has a more physically gifted roster than Western Kentucky. They got guys, we've talked about Charles Bassey on this podcast extensively, Tavion Hollinsworth, their guard, Davion McKnight, Josh Anderson. They got got an NBA center slash power forward. Um, He's going to get picked where he's going to... I hate saying, oh, he's a lottery pick. We don't know. He's from Western Kentucky, so we don't know about a lottery, but he's definitely an NBA pick. He's going to get picked, and he's got three pretty damn good guards getting the ball, so Western Kentucky, number three. Richmond Spiders, four. They're 4-1 right now in the 8-10, fell out of the poll after a loss to Western, Western Kentucky, but they beat Kentucky at Rupp, so they got a loss to Western Virginia, excuse me, or West Virginia. I can't talk. And their roster's loaded. They got experience. They got talent. And I've said it a dozen times already on this podcast in the first few episodes, they're going to make a deep run come March. So Richmond, number four. Number five, Abilene Christian out of the Southland. They're 6-1. and I watched uh, most of the game against Texas Tech. They they went toe-to-toe with Texas Tech. They had a chance to win that game down by too late and a couple sloppy turnovers in the last 60 seconds. But to me, they could have easily beat Texas Tech. And they've beaten everyone else in front of them, 6-1 and right now. They don't have a single player in double figures in scoring. It's a team effort. It's not pretty. Uh, it's just tough, hard-nosed basketball, and you do not want to play Abilene Christian. I have the number five. Number six, Dayton Flyers. They're 3-1 out of the 8-10. Just revving up that engine. Just getting going. Beat Mississippi State the other night, 85-82 in double OT. Deep and talented team. They got a couple senior guards. Watson, the kid, with 19.8 points per game, and Jalen Crutcher with 15.8 points per game so far. Number seven, I have St. Mary's Gales. They're 6-1 out of the West Coast. Same conference As Gonzaga, so they're going to get into the tournament. They're going to have to go through Gonzaga. They've won six in a row right now after an opening loss to Memphis. Where I watched that game, they got ran out of the gym, but they're just steady and they've come back. So we're going to find out who St. Mary's is over the next couple weeks. They got a tough schedule ahead. They got San Diego State, December twenty second, followed by Santa Clara, who's five and zero right now. They play them on the January 9th. BYU 6-2. They got them on January 14th. And then Gonzaga January 16th. So good luck through that stretch. If St. Mary's can emerge through that, then, you know, we're talking, you'll see them ranked in the AP poll. Uh, UAB Blazers out of Conference USA. They're 6-0 right now. They're going to be tested coming up. Their next game is also against 6-0. Chattanooga out of the SOCON December 19th. And then they got Georgia Tech December 23rd. They got four players averaging in double figures and scoring. Uh, and then their conference schedule, they get the easier half of Conference USA. So UAB, just by sheer record, going to be uh, a team to watch out for. VCU Rams, I've watched them. They're 5-2 and two right now. Their schedule is tough. They don't just play low mid-majors. They're playing high major teams. And by the end of March, they could be a top-five mid-major team. They're talented. Uh, they're athletic. Uh, they got a sophomore guard, Nashawn Highland, who leads the team with 17 points per game. They got a tough game next up against Western Carolina, who is 6-1 on December 15th. But VCU Rams, you know, they're not back to Shaka Smart VCU yet, but they are damn good. Number 10 on my mid-major rankings right now, I got Drake at 6-0 in the Missouri Valley. Started off with a big win over Kansas State, and they got a stretch of really winnable games ahead of them. So watch out for Drake to keep that undefeated string going. Senior forward Shanquan Hemphill, who's a transfer from Green Bay he leads the team with 12 and a half points per game. St. Louis, a lot of a lot of people have these guys ranked pretty high. I saw them getting some AP uh, voting, so they'd probably be around number 27, 28 in the polls. I haven't seen enough of them, I've seen a little bit of them. But they're only 4-0 right now. They had a big early season win over LSU on November 28th. But we're gonna find out if they're for real on December 20th when they play Minnesota. And they're gonna go up against Marcus Carr, who's one of the best guards in the country and a future NBA guy, one of Scarborough's finest. So shout out to Marcus Carr. We'll find out if St. Louis is for real in the next couple of days. Mercer Bears talked about them earlier in their big win over Georgia Southern. They're 6-0 in the SoCon. So already right now, they've got wins over Georgia Tech, Georgia State, and a buzzer beater over Georgia Southern. And senior guard Ross Cummings leads Mercer with 16 points a game. The, the SoCon's going to be tough. they got a couple to the Chattanooga, 6-0. Western Carolina with a 6-1 right now. So a lot of teams are going to be in that mix, but um, Mercer looking pretty good right now Greg Gary in his second season. to me I think they're one guy away. I think he needs a, a really quick athletic speedy guard a guy like Zach Bryant actually. you get that on, on that mix he's got some long forwards he's got the length that can compete with high major teams and stuff. I just think he's a little bit of one a little bit of speed away from being something really special but Greg Gary building something at Mercer. Wyoming Cowboys number 13. they're five and one they're out of the mountain West. They had an impressive win over Oregon State, 76-73, back on December 6th. And they got a winnable stretch of games ahead of them. And if they can come through that uh, undefeated, watch out for them. So they've got a freshman guard named Marcus Williams. This guy's been a revelation. Just a three-star recruit, but he's averaging 18.3 points per game through Wyoming's first six games. Watch out for them. That's a team a little under the radar. You're not going to see them coming, but they're damn good. I watched a little bit of them in that win over Oregon State, and that's a good basketball team. Number 14 of my top 15 mid-major programs, Florida Gulf Coast Eagles. They're 3-1. Dunk City, almost bad. They're not back yet, but we're getting there. They're out of the A-Sun Conference, the Atlantic Sun, and they beat Miami 66-62 over the weekend. I watched that entire game. Miami's good. They got some players, but Florida Gulf Coast went toe-to-toe, absorbed every punch, and kept swinging right back. And they won that game. Not not lucky, no fluke, no no lucky bounce here and there. They they beat the Miami Hurricanes. And so watch out for them. Uh, Junior guard Caleb Cotto leads the team with 14.3 points per game. And finally, the number 15 team on my top 15 in major rankings, Santa Clara Broncos, 5 and 0 in the West Coast Conference, also in the same conference as Gonzaga, St. Mary's, who I mentioned, BYU. So all these teams, they're going to sort each other out over the next couple of weeks to see who's elite and we can push some of these names off the list as we progress, but for right now this is this is how it's These are the best 15 teams I've seen. So this is all definitely going to change over the next month. But Santa Clara, senior forward, Yasef Rancijic. I've talked about him quite a bit. He's been dominant for the Broncos with 18.4 points per game, 8.6 rebounds. And uh, again, a winnable stretch of games ahead of them. And they could be undefeated heading into their big matchup with Gonzaga on January 7th. So that's going to be their litmus test. And we'll see uh, where the line draws from there. So thanks for joining us. Episode 7. Of the mid-major podcast. Things going really good. Appreciate you guys for listening. Um, Chris McKee, of course, check out undraftedfreeagent.com, the website. Drop us a line on all our socials, my Twitter at Mr. McKee, M R M C K Check me out on YouTube, Instagram, whatever. F- give us a follow, keep supporting. We're gonna keep pumping out the podcast. The beating of my heart.